Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to former pro skateboarder, comic book writer, and super cool dude, Ruben Nahira, about what comics he would take into an alien invasion apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene. To support their work, you can become a friend of Comic Scene for just £20 a year. When you become a friend, you get access to premium content on the website, including Comic Scene Weekly, Newsstand Comics, Retro Comics, Comic Shop of the Week, and free comic downloads. To find out more, visit comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Ruben Nahira. How's it going? Hello, Samuel. Thanks for having me. Big fan of the show. Long time listener. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Ruben. It's a real treat to have you on. Um, and uh, the listeners will, will find out a bit a bit about more why later. Um, but in the meantime, how's your day been? Oh, it's been good, you know. I got some... Uh, I was actually rearranging some... Uh, I have like a, a collection of like uh, original comic art and uh, I was like putting them in like these mylar. Uh, they actually make like mylar sleeves for comic art, like oversized ones, and then putting them in these top loaders. So I'm just trying to like protect some of those pieces because they're like one of ones, you know? <laughs> yeah. Totally, man. Nice. Nice. Really good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, how's the weather where you are? Um, I don't know the exact uh, the exact temperature, but I mean, I live in the desert uh imperial valley so i'm like i'm like 15 minutes away from from mexicali mexico 35 minutes away from you arizona i'm out here in the dunes so in the summer summer it can get to reach 120 degrees here um it's not that right now but it's probably we've got to be maybe like in 100 maybe but not but i mean even that's like good for us during the summer because it does get pretty gnarly here um actually to put into perspective where we're the area that I that I live in, uh, if you've ever seen Star Wars: Return of the Jedi, the Sarlacc pit where Boba Fett falls into the, well, his demise, Boba Fett's demise in the Star Wars movie, yeah. that was shot about yeah. thirty five minutes away from me. That desert. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that so. is so cool. They shoot a lot of movies awesome, out here man. when they don't when they can't go out like uh, yeah. overseas, like Hollywood. You know, they'll shoot stuff here for. I mean, in my town here, they've sh- they shot that movie American Sniper that Clint Eastwood directed one, and they did a oh, Jarhead yeah. here. They did uh, some scenes from the movie War Dogs. So they- they've they've shot a lot of stuff here. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Do you- have you ever managed to kind of you know um, get your binoculars out and kind of look from afar? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, it's funny. I have a past history as a stuntman, so. In my in my twenties, ah, I did stuff yes. for film and movies. So I was actually I did some stunts in this movie called Bad Batch that was filmed down here, and I got to work with uh, uh, Keanu Reeves and Suki Waterhouse. <gasps> and uh, amazing, yeah. And uh, and also in the movie, Jim Carrey, Jason Momoa are in the movie, but I did not get to work with them. They were on different days, but I did get to work with uh, yeah. Keanu for two or three nights, and Suki Waterhouse. I had like a uh probably another two three nights working with her too and giovanni ribici was also here for like one day and uh yeah so yeah. i got to i get to i've got i've met quite a bit of people 
uh, like in the industry doing the stunt work and uh, they always cast me as that a bad so guy. That's so cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, a bad guy or a <laughs> skateboarder? Because I have a past skateboarding professional. Of too, course. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention um, you've got you've got quite a previous career prior to to comic books. Yeah, I've had a um, crazy with journey your, with your professional skateboarding from 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 being on on you know having a signature power bar named after yeah. you and and stuff like this. That's pretty awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, crazy journey, dude. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, comics have been there the whole way. It's it's funny. It's it's something that's always been yeah. with me. So even like at a at like a at a scene break or something, I'd I'd, I'd be literally the only person reading comic book. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like I, I've always been wow. a graphic novel, so it's always been a part of uh, me and in, in in my life ever since I was really young. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And yeah, on on that note, um, what do you do in the world of comics? So I'm a writer. I'm the I'm the newest writer actually at uh, Archie Comics, and uh, my. My first big debut title with them is uh, the best Archie comic ever, uh, which came out June fifteenth. Uh, I've got some good company too in that book. We have one heck of a team. Uh, Tim Seeley and Tom Whalen did covers. Uh, Fred Van Lent has a story in there. I have my story in there. My my uh, interior artwork for my story was done by Georgia Sposito, and she's the one that usually does the art for Titan that on the Doctor Who comics. Um, and uh nice. yeah it's a it's a spectacular blockbuster hit uh, of the summer it, it really is the best archie comic ever it's super action-packed there's three different stories in it uh it's only four bucks it's a one shot you can't go wrong it's it's an amazing book uh and plus i got to create a a, a villain in the book his name is big carp so there's actually a first appearance in it as well for anyone that collects key issues like that so not too many archie key issues this one's one of them so very cool very cool Really, really stoked awesome. to be a part of that. Get on it. Totally. What a way to make a splash into into the world of comic books by, by writing the, the, the best Archie comic book ever. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I've been I've been writing comics and doing indie stuff for like the longest time, but this is like uh uh the first big, big one and, and it's special to me because um and it's special to me because you know, I started off with Archie, you know what I mean? So to come full circle, mm. it's a it's a dream turned into reality. That's wonderful, man. That's so cool. Um, now, um, oh, and before we get get into the meat of the um, of the uh, podcast, actually, um, where can people find you online? You can find me on my official website at www.rubennahera.com, R-U-B-E-N-N-A-J-E-R-A. And uh, it's also the same thing on uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's just my name, Ruben Nahera, at Ruben Nahera. I, I got lucky, got them really, really long time ago, so I didn't really have to fight for them. And then on Facebook, though, I, I didn't come quick enough on that one. So uh, I am a I am a junior. So, uh, you know, on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Ruben. I had a junior. Um, so RNJ on there. Um, and uh, yeah, those are my those are my pages, you know? Yeah. Perfect. And of course, um, all of those links from the show notes, folks. So go check out Ruben's work whilst we're uh, whilst we're talking and make sure that you go check out um, the, the the best Archie comic book ever uh, as well. Um, and make sure you go check it out in your local comic book shop as well. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, now, um, all of that aside, um, you were talking 
about the Sarlacc pit yeah. um, being <laughs> about 35 minutes away from you. Mm-hmm. And just out of pure coincidence, where they filmed that, the, there's actually been an alien invasion um and they decided to to crash land crash land they decided to to actually make their landing ground right there um and so my my question for you is what is your action plan for survival okay so i got a good uh uh they're a good 35 minutes away from me out there in the desert where they crash landed uh (laughs) so what i what i'm gonna do i've and i and i thought about this um so i have a uh this is this is a really funny uh fantasy but I have a, 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 like a small movie prop collection. And uh, one of those pieces in my collection is Leonardo from the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Now, I would take the actual strap um, that he has, his scabbard, I think it, it, they, they call him, and uh, yeah. which is what holds the swords, right? And uh, I would take that scabbard and uh, I would strap it onto my back and I would take some of my, uh, I have this little small collection of these katana swords because I don't own the actual Leonardo replica, but I have some, uh, I don't ha- own the actual Leonardo prop sword, but I have a replica and I would take the Leonardo swords because I'm a big Ninja Turtle fan and I would get it on my back because <laughs> I'm going to need that blade with me uh, in case, you know, stuff goes down and uh, yeah, and then I would get, I would get in my car. Uh, I got an uh, electrical car. So I've got this uh, plug in that, um, I could plug into walls and stuff like that and get a good charge when I need it. That's why I don't have to go to gas stations or anything like that. So I can continue my travels and keep going as far as I can, uh, if needed from the, uh, alien, uh, you know, settlers. Uh, this is thinking that they're evil, correct. And they're, they want to invade us. Uh, there's a couple of mountains. They have malintents. Yeah. Yeah, They have (laughs) malintent. There's a few mountains, uh, out here in the desert, and uh, it's called Emberego, actually, if you look it up. It's this uh, really, mm. yeah, this this vast valley of uh, mountains in Borrego, which is really close to the Palm Springs area. So it's the opposite. It's me going the opposite way from where the desert is, where the aliens land. And uh, I would make a camp in there because there's a couple caves out there. Uh, there's some caves, some caverns that are there. And uh, you can you can hide pretty well in there. Um, and uh Yeah. I mean, and if it came to it, I would I would just kind of go there because they're obviously going to come and invade all the housing area where the majority of the people are, and all the panic is. So I would go out there in those caverns and those caves in that desert with my with my katana and my backpack full of rations, and I would try to just live it out until they left Earth from whatever they came to pick up or whatever humans they came to enslave or whatever. And uh, if they ever found me, uh, I'd be in there in that cave with my rations. Uh, I'd put uh, one of the I put the Ninja Turtle bandana on my head, and uh, I'd go, I'd go last Ronin on him, dude. <laughs> awesome, man! I can, I can really see this yeah. in my mind's eye right now. It's, uh, it's awesome, totally awesome. That's what I would um, do. And is it, is anybody coming, coming with you, or are you on your, on your own? Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty much going. I'm pretty much going on my own. I've been kind of a, a lonesome loner as of late. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, maybe someday I will find a, uh, 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 or maybe I'll find a, a damsel someday that, uh, also survive and we are like-minded, you know? <laughs> yeah. No doubt, man. And when that day comes, um, you, you start to try to get to know each other over, over an evening, uh-huh. um, over the campfire, um, kind of on the edge of the cave. 
um and you know you start asking questions about your past and things like that and you know you've gone through the whole like I was a stuntman I was a professional skateboarder <laughs> and things like that and now you've come on to the to the whole comic book thing and she she starts to ask ask you some some quite intriguing questions and the first question <laughs> she asks is what's the first comic you remember enjoying oh wow okay so first comic i remember uh enjoying actually owning um so at the checkout counter uh when i was a youngling uh a padawan uh essentially mm-hmm. uh my mother would give me and my uh middle brother a choice as to oh you, you know you know can we you want a candy pick a candy you know what i mean because we didn't really grow up with much money financially so uh, getting a toy from the toy aisle was always too expensive, so candy was to suffice, right? Those those kinds of times. But I mm. would, they always had these Archie Double Digests in the checkout counter everywhere, you know? It was one of those things where you can get everywhere. And uh, I, I I started opting for that, and that was my thing. I You know, it was like my brother would get his candy, he'd eat it, and then it'd be gone forever, right? One and done. Mm-hmm. And me, I'd get these, these little Archie Double Digests, and I'd be able to read them then, next week. The week after that, the month after that, I'd like draw and sketch in them, you know, Smart, I could man. cut out pages. And uh, yeah, that that was my big thing. And, and that's very much the reason why I say I came full circle with it, because it's like I read these things genuinely as a little kid. And and I didn't understand then that they were, you know, reprints and that Archie has been around for at that time, you know, 50 years. Now we're on like on 80 years. Right. Mm. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean that that was that was that was my thing right there. The old Archie Double Digest when I was a kid, you know. Yeah, that's so cool, man. Um, and then obviously that kind of inspired you to be a lifelong fan of of comics. Um, but then where where did the urge to become a writer come from? So as as young as I as I was then, I was always playing with uh, whatever action figures or toys I did have. And I always found that as a form of writing, to be honest, because when you're you're playing with action figures, you're creating scenarios, you're building, you're making stories, you're building worlds. And I just started to kind of like translate that into writing because I would see different comic books and the way that the panels were. And as horrible as an artist as I am, uh, I would make my own attempts to draw my own little mini comics, you know. And so and in the in those comics, I was just so fascinated at the fact that I could like, okay, so so-and-so is going to do this and this is going to happen. And then this epic fight's going to happen. And I was like drawing it in with my little stick figurey characters that I did, you know, at the time. And, uh, and it's just being able to understand that when I finished that and I would look back at it and I was like, I made this little scrapbook comic book and I was telling a story and it was a story that only existed in front of me that I had created and there was so much power that I found in that as a little kid, you know, just like, like, look at this, like, I, I made this, you know, it's almost like if, like, when you're young, you don't even think some people don't even realize, like, there's no limit, like, you could do that if you want, you know, like, for reals, for reals, you can make your own stories. And so I've always been doing that, you know, and I've always been creating and making and, uh, and, you know, and to this day, um, you know, I'm immersed in it, you know, I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm a collector, I collect I also have my own comic book and action figure collection and I'm working on my own IP right now, you know, and I'm writing for Archie and I'm doing all kinds of things. So I'm just immersed in it and I've always loved it. And I love the fact that you can do million billion dollar budget movies in a comic book and not have to have that budget restraint, Mm. you know? 
that's a that's a wonderful thing yeah a hundred percent man a hundred percent um and so you were saying before of course you you've done your own indie um things but but before um archie came along but how did uh the the connection um to, to actually writing for archie come about so i had actually already been i had actually already written uh some pitches for archie years ago and they didn't quite make it mm. um i was honestly i have done i have a hit past history in a uh, action sports uh journalism writing i wrote some stuff for different companies uh, i wrote some stuff for like a uh, power edge magazine uh, EXPN, which was like a spinoff of ESPN, but it was like their extreme sports version. I wrote one of like the first articles mm-hmm. about the Olympics and skateboard, I mean, the skateboarding in the Olympics. So I had like a past history in action sports writing, and then I was doing my indie comics, and so I was making these uh, also these scripts for these short films and fan films and stuff. Uh, I did one for Jim Henson, and I did another one for the Star Wars celebration. Uh, so I made these fan films. Oh. Uh, that one's kind of funny. You can actually watch it on YouTube. It's called Desert Duty, and uh, it has a bunch of views yeah, on it. We we got an honorable mention. We didn't win, but we got an honorable mention at the Star Wars convention for it. But it's uh it's about a storm it's about a stormtrooper who can't who can't get his job right. He can't even uh, <laughs> he can't even transfer Amazing. the the I love it. Yeah yeah it's pretty funny. It's on YouTube. It's free to watch, <laughs> right? But um his name's uh, Coop, his name's Cooper the 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 stormtrooper Cooper the sand trooper. <laughs> but uh but <laughs> yeah it, it's yeah, uh so cool. but yeah i've been doing stuff like that all this time and uh i was just uh, i was re- essentially writing comic scripts incorrectly and so i was i was doing too much work mm-hmm. or i was organizing it the wrong way because i was so used to you know the action sports journalism or the script writing uh you know the, the fan film stuff the way i would write those and comic book scripts are written completely different it's a whole another whole another ball game um and uh i ended up taking some classes with the cubert school i took some online classes at the cubert school uh i studied under uh the amazing amy chu uh she's a writer she's written for like red sonia um she did poison ivy for dc and uh yeah i learned a lot Mm -hmm. from her and a lot of other cubert uh alumni uh teachers and guests that they were there they had a lot of uh, informative things to teach us as writing students and uh, with that, I learned how to correctly uh, write comics, you know? Um, so I always had all the ideas and I always had all these scripts. And I just went back to like, you know, the the 30 plus scripts that I already had done um, and I uh, just refined them, you know? I just refined them and I, and I, I mm. put them in the correct format, you know? I put them into these like little six page brief, uh, brief scripts uh, that I wrote correctly um and uh i'd say you know on one final note on that um you know your your interior artist is very much like a storyteller as well and so Mm. there was a way there's a way to write comic scripts where you allow them to basically bounce off the ideas with you so that you're both uh you know understanding you know like there's certain things you have to do because there's panels on a page but you can't like you can't like make them have to draw this in a panel and draw this in a panel. You also have to be open to letting them do their thing because maybe they can convey what you're trying to say that takes place in three panels and maybe they can do it in one, you know? So with the script writing, you're very like, she has to say this and he has to say this and hits the ear. And in the comics, it's a lot more open. And uh, originally I wasn't doing that, but I learned to do that. And uh, yeah, I just got really good at it. 
and uh, refined everything I had. I never gave up. I always kept writing. Um, you know, rejections are a part of the process. You just got to get back to the writing board because eventually you'll get the right one that works out. And uh, just be patient, yeah. work hard, and uh, everything is possible, you know? That's awesome, dude. Um, and uh, do you have any projects that you're actually able to speak about at the moment? Because you mentioned before that you kind of you've got some stuff in the works. Yeah, I've got. I don't know. Is it, is it under lock and key? <laughs> um, I've got I've got more Archie stuff, um, but those ones I can't talk about until they kind of hit. Obviously, right now the best Archie comic ever. I have a story in there called Operatives, so I write the Betty and Veronica story in there. Um, and it's, they're super spies, which is super fun. I had a lot of fun writing that one. Um, but <laughs> I do have some original IPs. I got two original IPs that I'm working on. One of them is a one shot. And, uh, and then it, it, it's, uh, it's a little more, uh, darker, but mystical. And then, um, another one, uh, is an IP about these, uh, these soup, these basically a superhero team. They're like the Avengers from, from Mexico is what I would, I would say, you know? Uh, but like, uh, yeah, that, that's an IP that I'm working on right now. And I'll be able to release full details on that soon. We're going to try to pitch that to some publishers. Uh, and if, and if that didn't, um, get picked up from there, we would do a Kickstarter. So either way, it's going to come out regardless because I'm really passionate about that, on that project. I'm so passionate and confident on that team book that I'm working on that, Mm that no joke i'm even in talks with some companies to do like action figures already and stuff based on the uh awesome, the, con- the concept designs like we're going all in with that one because that's going to be like my uh you know that might be like you know how like eastman has his ninja turtles and like you know what i mean people have like their their yeah. characters and stuff i think those are those are yeah. those are my characters right there i'm really flagship yeah that's my <laughs> flagship i'm that's i'm gonna i'm going all in on that for all life so yeah, I'm working on that right now. Nice man. Sky, sky's the limit. Sky's yep. the limit, Ruben. Sky's the That's limit. awesome, dude. Uh, now, heading back to the cave yes. and on your kind of get get to know date with your damsel. Um, and the next question that comes up is, what's the funniest comic that you've read? Oh, man. So, I mean, there's 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 a uh, so funniest thing that I remember uh, chuckling at like a like a crazy person when uh when you know when you're reading on your own and you just start chuckling out of nowhere uh is these cerebus uh books anyone that's read the original cerebus books you know what i'm talking about uh dave sim you know he does all that stuff by himself i if i'm not mistaken which is incredible these black and white uh books incredible books uh i i adore those early cerebus books they're so good and uh there's this there's this uh storyline in there where he meets red sophia which is obviously it's a it's like Red Sonia, you know, but it, it's Red Sophia, and uh, I just found it so hilarious in, in those books because it's this this like you know gorgeous beautiful warrior woman, and uh, and when they when they have they they embark on the journey together, uh, she's like really into him and like throwing herself at him left and right, and like Cerebus, for those that don't know, he's an art of art, right? Uh, he yeah. could care less, <laughs> and like. It, it's an ongoing thing and it's just like hilarious at least to me i just think it's so funny and like there's this funny line where like cerebus is like cerebus isn't a man cerebus is an aardvark you know because red sophia's time i'm like you know it's been so long since she's been in a man's arms you know 
And so uh, I just find that so funny. Like, it's even funnier. You have to see the pictures and stuff with Cerebus's expressions and stuff to to really get the scope of it. But he's just this little grayscale aardvark with this little warrior guy. And it's just so funny with this, like, beautiful woman throwing herself at him. And it's just, he could just care less, dude. It's so hilarious. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, so Cerebus is actually, it's like, it's the three-headed dog isn't it oh it's the the, the, the hades has yeah the gates of the underworld yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. doesn't he but yeah it's just it's so funny because like when you hear that name cerebus like you think of like a obviously like a three-headed animal or so somebody that's at least yeah. vicious yeah and things like this but it's actually kind of it's a cartoony aardvark yeah um, and obviously obviously D- dave sim was playing on that yeah it's <laughs> but... so funny it's i mean that's what makes it funny is the ongoing thing it's not even like necessarily the moment it's like it's that it keeps going on and on. It's like a running joke. And like, it's just so funny, especially when you like see what Cerebus looks like. And like, it, and you know what? She's not the only one that throws herself at him in the story, which is funny too. You know, he's just like, he's got this attraction mm-hmm. to him. It's almost like he's like the most interesting man in the universe, but he could care less, you know, but he's the most interesting aardvark in the universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, changing gears a little bit what's the saddest comic that you've read so you know the saddest comic that i've read it's weird because it's 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 actually one one of the the originals that i'm writing because uh and this is kind of a twist it's probably i'm not sure if anyone's really had an answer like this but no joke um there's this there's this story that i was writing when i was in the cubert school and uh, it had a tentative title called forest of phantoms and uh it dealt with a man uh, in japan uh that rhymes a man in japan who actually was down on luck on life and uh just had a repetitive uh boring cycle and um he just hated everything he did he wasn't doing what he wanted to do you know he wasn't good with 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 uh you know dating and and finding a a partner for himself and uh, he just had this you know he was in a rut and uh just didn't seem like he could ever get out of it um which is you know a real ongoing thing you know this this is this this is a real thing and in japan it's a real thing too and um yeah he wanted to essentially uh kill himself i'm not going to give away all of all the details but um you know he 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 buys a book called guide to suicide and essentially goes to uh the suicide forest that's over there which is a real thing and uh you know yeah i this is really dark because what when i was writing it um you know i came from a place of uh you know i was going through some things and i've been i've dealt with depression all my life and uh i've had people uh in my life that have taken their life and uh that was always what kept me from ever getting mm-hmm. to that point you know what i mean like i but I, I, in my younger yeah. years i've stood on the edge you know what i mean i've stood on the edge is like i i, I wow. call it and and mm-hmm. uh and i understand how dark and, and, and deep it is and, and what it takes to get through these things and uh this book i wrote i felt i needed to write it. it it had more of a meaning than just a story it really was about uh you know showing that this person was at the end and when they go to this forest um they set their tent up and essentially uh again there's a lot more that goes on here so i won't spoil it no worry but like um he basically wants to take his life like how everybody else that does in there. And uh, he just happens mm-hmm. to pitch his tent uh, in front of a tree where this woman took her life. And there's even still a noose hanging there. And so her spirit comes out 
during the night when he's crying in his tent because he knows what he's going to do and he's having a little bit of a second thought. And it turns out that he could never really find his soulmate in his real life, but this woman couldn't either. And what are the odds that she's dead now and she's a spirit, she's a ghost, but him and her actually find that they were probably the ones that were meant for each other, you know, except she's deceased and he's not. And so they form this relationship and this love. And, um, and basically he goes on, uh, this, this, you know, like positive rampage cause he, he's happy now, you know, and then she's happy too. Mm-hmm. And she's actually not sure why she's still on earth, you know? Um, and so he goes around to everybody in the, in the tents and says, you know, see you tomorrow, see you tomorrow as a thing to like, you know, Hey, you know, don't, don't, you know, don't do yourself in, you know, you're worth living, you know, I want to see you tomorrow. And so he's on this whole positive kick and, uh, yeah, just writing this was the uh, the saddest thing for me because although it, it I won't spoil what happens at the end, something wonderful happens. You know, um, he, his his life gets turned around, but it, it just it, it's just a, a a sad tale of what someone had to go through before they found that the positive circumstances that made their life better were not anything that they would have thought. You know what I mean? That there's always hope somehow. You know. And that even this person was changed, you know, um, and uh, and yeah, the book really, uh, you know, I want to try to do something with like uh, suicide prevention and collaborate with them yeah. and, and put a message at the end of the mm-hmm. book, uh, you know, because he goes in there and this man who was going to end himself ends up being the one who saves many, and uh, it's a spirit who ends up saving him. So it's this cycle of uh, of uh, you know, from negativity to positivity. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's part of the saddest thing I I, I've, it was my own thing. That was the saddest thing, you know, because I was writing it, the emotion that I had to be in, in the beginning, it was almost like method acting where like, I really had to kind of get to a dark place in those beginning of the writings and then kind of bring Mm. the light in slowly as I got to the end, you know? So. And where's that, where's that available? Sorry. That is actually one of the original stories that I'm doing right now. That's the one shot I was talking about earlier. Amazing. I'm actually going to, uh, yeah. I'm pairing up with my, uh, an artist. I'll have a, an interior, uh, cover artist as well. The co- my cover artist is actually pretty well known in, in comics. And, uh, when we get that cover, I'll be able to announce him. And then, uh, mm-hmm. my interior artist, I have someone who's in, uh, independent, but just does a wonderful job. And I, and I think, you know, deserves an opportunity, um, in the medium. So, um, yeah, that's one of the things I'm working on right now. And, that's uh, awesome, man. That's yeah. a, that's a awesome story um and yeah no happy to to have you back on when when that that makes it to, uh, to yeah i would love to i would love sure, to come man. back on when we when we finish that for sure definitely yeah. and it has it has a very Absolutely. positive like i said this story isn't even like uh, it's it's i feel like there's such a purpose and i'm on such a mission mm-hmm. to put that story yeah. out that i don't even sure, care if no one no publisher ever puts it out i will self do it just to just to sure, get man. the word out because I think it just needs to be out there because it could be something yeah. that changes or saves people's lives as well. You know, as, as I've been affected, I've seen bad that. things that have happened. Um, mm-hmm. Those things have changed my thinking, you know, maybe this could be yeah. something that changes someone's thinking. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause my, so my, my father took his own life when I was, a, when I was a kid, oh, sorry, you know, when I was eight. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks man. Um, but uh, yeah, no, so this is a, you know, something I'd I'd love to to 
help you promote as well. Yeah, thank so, you. Yeah. So sorry for the for the for the shop talk, everybody. And um, whilst whilst we're recording oh, yeah. an episode, but uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 more than more than happy to to, to help you out that and oh, thank and support you. you as much as I can because that that sounds like a, an awesome story, and you, you're quite right. Um, when when you've had that experience that somebody else has taken their life, particularly you know a parent, um, yeah it's it's quite impacting on yourself and you know you you have questions of yourself you know yeah um yeah you know why why did they do that why were they so stupid you think you you think some quite horrendous things actually um and then you kind of you know take a take a step back and you know realize that yeah it was just it was such a dark uh, such a dark passing moment for for them to have to you know take take their own life um and uh yeah no it's just um it's it's a horrible situation um for everybody um yeah and uh yeah no if we can we can help prevent people from that's the goal my from, friend you know doing yeah. doing such a terrible thing in such dark moments because that's what I always remind myself as well that you know it's it's they, those are just like seriously dark moments that are just passing. You just got to try and let it pass. It's like a storm. Yeah, you know, let it pass through, and and you'll get through it. Yeah, but, that, um, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work out for everybody. That that's why my character in the story goes around to the other tents in the area, and he he tells everybody, "See mm. you tomorrow." He he makes everybody. Wow. He holds everybody to that. It's very very powerful, you know. So. Everyone's awesome. like, oh, okay, like, ah, sh- like, shoot, I'm going to let you down if I don't see you tomorrow now. You know, like, yeah. I'm looking you in the eye. And yeah, right. I purposely put that in yeah. the story. And, and I think it's a very important phrase because it, it does make it, it feel, because even by saying that, the other person that you tell it to, they, now they feel like, okay, somebody wants to see me tomorrow. I'm, it's worth me being here, you know? Mm. And so exactly, it's a very important part of this 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 piece, you know? And yes, it's very dark, but yeah, the story you know what is the saying where there's darkness there is light right like light will come yeah. eventually so yeah that's uh exactly i'm on a mission that's powerful this. man yeah that's powerful awesome dude well done um that sounds fantastic and uh, as i say you're yeah 100 percent welcome back on when oh, that's thank ready you to so rock. much <laughs> thank you samuel yes no we worries, will do that. Dude. <laughs> um now um moving on to our next question what's the scariest comic that you've read Oh man, for my manga readers out there, uh, Uzumaki, oof, from Junji Ito. Um, now let me say this: Junji Ito, first off, a lot of his stories are. Uh, um, he's a very well-known horror manga writer, actually. Are you are you familiar with Jun- with Junji Ito, Samuel? Sorry, sorry, dude. I was, I literally put myself on mute because I was just drinking and like the ice <laughs> keep, keeps on clanging, oh. clanking. Oh, but oh, yes, good, okay. I am, I am, abso- I am absolutely familiar with Junji Ito. Yeah. For for a second right there, I thought uh, Junji Junji Ito took over and like we were. <laughs> yeah. was like maybe he did. Yeah, maybe not, he did. I, I would have like a spiral or something. An eerie, an eerie sound in the background. Like, ring, 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 ring. <laughs> yeah the horror the horror question turned into a real horror scenario right now for a quick second (laughs) um 
Yeah, or if it would have been even more hilarious, I was like, have you ever heard of Junji Ito, Samuel? And then, like, in the background, I hear, yes, yes, I have heard of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So spooky. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, Uzumaki. Yeah, Uzum, well, I mean, you know what? A lot of his stories are, are could probably fall into this category for anyone who hasn't read them, but uh, they are darn yeah. good. Um, Uzumaki, it wasn't necessarily a thing that, like, scared me but anything that makes you look at things differently and impacted you enough i think could definitely fall in the in the category of horrifying moment right because when you mm. read uh uzumaki there's this story where people start turning into spirals and their their bodies and their spines start bending into these twists and uh basically like human snails and like those images the artistry and they're incredible and uh like i said let's let's just say i I never looked at spirals the same again, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So, uh, never do. Yeah, pretty totally, wild. Totally it's, crazy. That's uh, yeah, it's good. If you haven't read it, read it. Uzumaki Junji Ito. You won't regret it. You'll dig it, Absolutely. especially if you like horror. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's it's it is pretty difficult to do horror in in comics. Yeah. Um, but you know, Junji Ito just ap- is an absolute master he is. when it comes to that um and uh, yeah it's a, it's a master class if you if you want to get into kind of horror and and suspense and thriller and things yeah. like that really don't you really good really good highly recommend it awesome yeah. uh, now moving on to my favorite question and that is what's your favorite cover so my favorite cover without question is the original mirage teenage mutant ninja turtles number one the uh we all know what it is. It's it's the cover with the four turtles mm. on the rooftop, black, red, and white. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, that is just iconic. Um, I actually own the uh, one of the one of the rare CGC nine point eight to that book. I've had it for a while, and uh, I yeah. yeah, I don't want to. That's that's my holy grail. I'm not that one's. I've had some offers on it and some wild offers too, and I'm not open to <laughs> selling it because really, that's my holy grail right there. So. Um, that one I want to display with like my, you know, Ninja Turtle movie props and stuff that I got. So one day I'm gonna have a little display for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's just timeless. It's classic. I mean, how many times has it been homaged too? You know, it's it's a uh, uh, Dynamite yeah. Comics has done some really fun Ninja Turtle homages as of recent, actually, uh, for those for those turtles covers. Um, but um, yeah, love that. That's it. That's my answer right there, without question. I don't even have to really think about that. I knew that was it right away. No, yeah. no. So, what year did that come out? Uh, that one's eighty-four. Hmm. First print. Yeah, eighty-four. They are literally the same age as me. Um, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, so eight, eight. So the thing is, uh, there was numerous printings in that book. For some people not aware, um, but the first print came out then, and then hmm. you had a second print, a third print. And then once you hit the fourth print, the cover looked different. The third print, I think the size of the book got a little smaller. So some people that aren't aware, the first print, the second print, mm. they're like uh, not magazine size, but they're oversized. So they are absolutely absurdly difficult to get in good condition because of that weird size that just does not fit a bag and board, you know? Um, mm. oh, it's yeah. just like this weird thing. And from back then, I mean... Think about the the sizing problem on the last Ronin book that's out right now with the bags and boards. Now, think about it back then when there wasn't even really that like bags and boards that sufficiently, you know, they didn't really make all the different sizes. Mm-hmm. So to take care of a copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one first print like that is astounding for it to even mm-hmm. be in good shape, you know? Yeah. 
That's awesome. And one thing that I just noticed that I hadn't before, and I don't know if this is on on your one, but through the word turtles, there's there's actually obviously a katana. Yes. That runs through it with blood dripping from it. It's, I, I'd never noticed that before. I've only just picked that up. Yeah. Um, just now. That's yeah. so cool. On the different <laughs> on the different printings, the katana moves around. Like if you do some research, there's different positions. Ah. For it. And that's how you could tell if you got a first or a second or a third. There's a couple things to tell the differences on them other than opening the book and seeing first mm. or second or third, right? But just for those like looking yeah. at a copy to buy one and like, let's say you're at a show and the person's like, oh no, you can't take it out of the bag or something for whatever reason. And you got to look for those kinds of things to really differentiate if it's a first or second or third print, you know? Yeah. No, that's super cool, man. And uh, great that you got such a pristine um, copy. Uh, I got it um, a long time ago. Well. I didn't have to pay the big prices because I was such a super fan for so long. I mean, yeah. but I, I, I skateboarded professionally in my 20s. And like, I, I didn't even know what a skateboard was till I saw the first Ninja Turtle movie when I was a little kid. That was my introduction. So I, I owe a lot ah. of my inspiration to that, you know, so um turtles introduced awesome. me to skating and then i just you know would end up doing a thing with it later so it's pretty wild it goes full circle in other ways you know yeah oh totally that's awesome that's so cool um now uh, moving on to uh our next question and that is what's uh what comic do you repeatedly read the most right now and i'm not trying to a uh, shameless plug but it, it, i'm being completely <laughs> honest it's uh the best archie comic ever um i'm just like I said, this is full circle for me, uh, you know, growing up reading the RT Double Digest and now actually engraving one of my stories in the pantheon of 80 years of Archie with my Betty, Betty and Veronica operative story. Uh, I just have like re- read it and reread it and read the other stories in there quite a bit of times. Um, seriously, like I've been reading over, I just tripping out and when I close it and I see my name on the front and the interiors and just everything, you know, just I'm just... Uh, you know, because for the longest time in, in, in my life, like in my earlier years, you know, even when I was skating professionally, a lot of things would just go fast and then just move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And right now in my life, you know, like my, you know, late 30s, I'm trying to absorb things and appreciate things, if that makes sense. So this is kind of one mm-hmm. of those scenarios yeah. for me, like where, that kind of explains why I'm rereading this. It's just like I'm trying to absorb this moment because it's like, this moment is now and it's not going to come later. And this is now, and this is the youngest I'll ever be. And this is, this is where I'm at in this moment, in this time. And I'm just absorbing it. Like this is real. You know, what I'm holding is the work that I put in for many, many months actualized, you know? And, uh, yeah, that's my reasoning. I'm just trying to be more present. Even when I go out skating, I'm not skating for anybody anymore, but I go out, And I will purposely make a mental note to like, all right, feel the wind hit my face, you know, Uh, push faster, look down at the ground, look at, look at the, I spent a lot of time looking down. Now I'm going to pedal. I'm going to look in the horizon. I'm going to look at the sun, look in the sky, you know, like I'm trying to absorb things. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I went all these years without really doing those kinds of things. I know it sounds weird, but I don't know. I'm just trying to be more alive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I need I need to get back on the board myself. Oh, um, I uh, I mean I, I I did a little bit of skateboarding. I even did snakeboarding. Oh, nice. <laughs> back in the day as well. Do you yeah. remember those? Yeah, um, definitely. And uh, yeah, um, but I did. I, I the the one that I really got into the most was probably longboarding. Wonderful. Um, like like road longboarding. Um, 
and uh, yeah, no, I, I've I've got my longboard in the shed, but I've got like two young kids, and it's just about trying to find the time to try yeah. and get back out there and on a long road um, and yeah. just carve it up. You just know? carve it up, um, just and as you say, wind through your hair, exactly. feeling it, and <laughs> yeah, it's just the feeling, you know. It's just a feeling. It's like you don't even have to do tricks. It's just like just riding. Yeah. There's a freedom that comes with it. Not you know? at all. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, 100%, man. 100%. Totally. Nice. Um, now, um, on that kind of uh, sense of feeling, uh, what's the most meaningful comic to you? So I got I got two answers. Uh, the most meaningful from my personal collection um, is, is that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. The, the CGC 9.8 and it's the most valuable book I have but it's it also has the most meaning because it's the holy grail mm. it's the book when you ask yourself like if I could only have one comic right you know like your your, yeah. your your trophy piece I mean that's the comic you know that's the holy grail for me is that turtles one first print because yeah I, I don't know the accurate number of the census but I think there's only 28 or 32 some weird number like that that exists there's not many so you're like in this small club of people that have one wow and so it's really small That's amount tiny man yeah first incredible that so yeah that that is that is definitely the one but i do have another book that i have that i i really uh have i have displayed and i always love seeing it when i i wake up in the morning and that's uh i have a swamp thing number one uh cgc 9.8 and nice. that one is it's the only copy that exists that because CGC has to like witness the signatures in order to give you. It's weird. They, I mean, they should be able to differentiate the what is yeah. signed and you know, but <laughs> they have to be there to witness the signature in order to give it the yellow label. Um, and so I have the yeah. only. It's kind of like the Guinness World Records, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and I and, and I have the only nine eight copy signature series like yellow label that's signed by both Bernie Wrightson and Len Wein. And so that's tough to get both of them on the same book and wow. get a perfect grade like that. So that's like a, 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 you know, a very meaningful book to me because I absolutely love, love Bernie Wrightson's art. I mean, if you look at Bernie Wrightson's, he is, I honestly think he is underrated in a lot of ways. I know a lot of people, he, they do know, they do know how good he is, but when you look at some of the old Bernie Wrightson pieces, like that Frankenstein and like, just the level of detail that Wrightson would have in his art was astounding. It was absolutely astounding when he when he really when he really went all in. And uh, that first run with Swamp Thing, uh, yeah, Swamp Thing's first appearance was in House of Secrets ninety two. And a lot of people go for that book, but a lot of people that actually aren't aware that that's a that's a completely different Swamp Thing than the one that's in Swamp Thing number one. You know, and so for me, my favorite Swamp Thing was the uh, Alec Holland, the one that was in the this one thing number one you know so that book is is and I, I just love that book you know the purple title cover and him coming out of the the, the swamp and uh yeah signed by both both the the two swamp thing uh you know gods on there and uh yeah that's a very special book for me i love that book yeah nice nice and speaking of underrated uh what's the most underrated comic that you've read yeah most underrated comic i'd say uh Chronicles of PandaCon, and I know some people might not know it, might not know what that is, and some people will know. But if you're familiar with Ninja Turtles, and you ever collected the toys, there was always this character. He was a panda with like samurai uh, gear. His name was PandaCon, and uh, that's actually created by a friend of mine. So in in my local hometown, uh, I am the first person to break into comics writing wise. But 
there is one person who broke into comics as an artist, and this was many, 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 many years ago. And I've always looked up to him because of that. Um, and he's always been a guiding light. And that was uh, Dave Garcia. And uh, I'm really proud to call him a friend of mine. Um, he lives in a neighboring city here. And uh, yeah, and Dave created mm. PandaCon. And Dave also uh, did the the art on the original Archie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics, the first ones. So it goes full circle again, because those were the turtle comics that I was reading as a kid, because yeah. those were the, the, the rated G comics. You know what I mean? Um, so... Yeah, and Dave did those, and he's from here. So, you know, what are the odds of that? So, um, and Dave's been super kind to me through the years. Uh, I got to write uh, some of the more recent PandaCon stories for him, and we had those published and printed at a, for local conventions and stuff for when he would do his uh, his signings and tours and stuff. And uh, his books, his original PandaCon, the Chronicles of PandaCon, if you look them up, uh, I think they're really underrated. Um you know, that was an era where you had a lot of anthropomorphic animals, you know, Bucky O'Hare, uh, Usagi Ojimbo, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Battle Toads. Yeah. All these things were popping off then. But PandaCon was an awesome. Totally. Biker awesome mice story. from Mars. <laughs> but yeah, biker mice from Mars, street sharks. I mean, the list goes on, brother, you know? Yeah. So. Doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Man. Inside. Yeah, so Chronicles oh, of Panacon. Cool, that's it. my answer. Um, it's a fun read. Yeah, and then they did. It looks like they did a Kickstarter not too long ago. Yeah, uh-huh. well. they did. They did. They did one of the one of the prizes in the yeah, Kickstarter. One of the prizes that was in the Kickstarter was like a ash can from a local convention, I believe. If they, for one of the bonus things they added, oh, cool. And that ash can that yeah. was the story that I wrote. Um, and then the original, and then the original PandaCon was remastered. That was the one that Dave and, and, uh, the writer Monica Sharp did many, many, many years ago. And they basically Mm -hmm. reprinted it for the Kickstarter. And now there's an animated show. They have a pilot for a a cartoon right now that they're doing. So pretty cool. Cool. Excellent. Well, best of luck for them for that. Yeah. Good people. Um, now, yeah, totally. Oh, that's cool, man. Um, now, uh, moving on to our last question, um, as the sun is rising on your uh, damsel <laughs> um, date, <Yeah. laughs> um, if, you, if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? I would take my uh, my TMNT number one, my graded CGC 9A, and uh, it's in a solid hard case, UV, UV filtered, uh, protected, and uh, I would have a multi-purpose for it when the, you know, since the apocalypse would hit. I could use it as a tray for my food because, you know, it's waterproof as well. And uh, it's so strong. Nice. I could even use it as a shield if needed, you know. So, <laughs> so, so I got a multi-purpose <laughs> for my, for my CGC slab, you know. CGC should hire me for ads. I'll show them I can, the multiple uses for the, <laughs> for the, Why for not? the slabs. Why not? <laughs> Too right. Um, and then uh, in addition to that, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take with you as well? I would take my uh, my Leonardo uh, scabbard and put one of the katana swords that I have in it, and uh, I could yes. use that blade. I could use it to uh, I could cut fruits, I could cut vegetables, uh, I could bushes. You know what I mean? Trim bushes, whack at weeds. You know what I mean? Clear out the cave. Uh, you know what I mean? Do some farming. Use it for protection against uh, wild animals or aliens if they actually found me. You know what I mean? Or any uh, villains exactly. that come across me. Uh, essentially, I, I would become a real life Ninja Turtle, you know. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Ruben Nahira, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Um and uh yeah, no, thank you so much for, for being on the show. It really has oh. been a, been incredible. Thank you, Samuel. Such an honor. Oh, well, the honor's all mine. Um and uh for for the listeners one more time, where can they find you online? Yeah, uh Twitter, Instagram at Rubenahara. Um, and uh, yeah, if you buy the best Archie comic ever, uh, it's worldwide. You can get your local comic shop. Uh, tag me in a post on a story or whatnot. I'll repost you. I'll share it. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll spread the word. Yeah. I'll sp- you know I'll spread the love. I appreciate all of you that support. I really, really do. Um, you know, I am one of you. Uh, I I enjoy comics just as much as all of you. And uh, I am just on a journey to create comics. And from one dream to reality, um, you know, I'm an example of uh, uh, someone who just chased her dream till it happened and it happened, you know, and I didn't stop and I never gave up uh, very much the way it is with uh, skating, you know, where I fall and I get back up and I fall and I get back up. But guess what? I'm never going to land a trick if I don't get back up. Right. So live your life that way. Never give up. No matter what it is you do. It doesn't have it doesn't have to be comics or skating or anything. I'm just saying it as like an example. Anything you do in life, get back yeah. up and uh, never give up. You got one life to live. Do the things you love to do. You know what I mean? Reach out to the people you love. Tell them you love them. Give them their flowers while they're still here. And uh, yeah, positivity, peace, love, and positivity, my friends. Say that. Amazing. Yeah. And then uh, do you have any comic cons coming up at all? You know, if, uh, you know, SDCC is coming up in San Diego. Um, and, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, my store MetaHumans got nominated for our second Eisner. So I think I'm going to go there for the little, uh, the little, uh, you know, they do a, a, an awards banquet thing. We got nominated. We didn't, we didn't win. Um, it's Mm -hmm. really hard to win that, that I, the the Eisner, but to get nominated is an honor. So Uh, yeah, you bet. I will, (laughs) I may be there for a day. At one or two days maybe for that event and um if archie needs me for anything there i'm in you know so yeah san diego comic-con might be my next show um i don't have i don't have confirmation on a booth there yet since since we're barely back from covid mm-hmm. everything's so weird you know it's like everything's yeah. getting restarted all over again yeah. so even the methods of how they're setting things totally. up are so different so yeah so i mean i mm-hmm. guess that's my next show but i'm not I guess I guess uh, follow me on social media and I'll let you know because usually when I do these shows I always got like free stuff I give away and things like that I like to do that um, so yeah if 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 and nice. when I do find something out I will post it on social media whatever the details are that were given to me because everything will be in July and we're still in June so we'll see you know but yeah it looks yeah. like that's my next show sure yeah. man cool well that's awesome well. One day I'll make it across the pond um, to SDCC, but uh, yeah, until until then, um, yeah. I'll uh, I'll be I'll be sure to to keep on following you on Twitter, and uh, yeah, no, um, hopefully our paths will cross one day, Ruben. Oh, definitely. Actually, I need it. I'm going to go across the pond to your way one of these days. I without question. So yeah, you be my you be my either. tour guide, Samuel. <laughs> be my tour guide. On it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I want to go to a. I want to go to a Comic Con over there and everything. Do I want to experience the whole, 
the whole scene over yeah, there. Yeah, man. I mean, thought 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 bubbles are really a really good one. Um, of course, we got kind of the MCM um, London, Birmingham, or Glasgow. Of course, that's run by Reed Pop, who do N- NYCC. Um, but uh, yeah, no, um, for sure, man. Um, whenever you're awesome. you're across, I'm happy to be your tour tour guide. <laughs> awesome! Sounds like a plan, Maroon. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> awesome! Very cool, cool. Okay, Ruben. Well, thanks again um, for your time today. Um, best of luck um, with with uh, the best Archie comic ever. And uh, yeah, no, um, I'll uh, I'll see you on Twitter. Yep. Take care, my friends. Thank you, Samuel. I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks, dude. Bye. Thanks again to Ruben for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It really was an honour. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know you that liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Ruben's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.